Welcome to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. This Ontario-generated podcast is here to talk outdoor living, fishing, and hunting. Give all kinds of geeky tech talks and hunting tips with things that have worked for us. We all have a story to tell, and here's ours. Welcome back, everyone. Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. We are firing up here in the archery den with some kind of turkey fever. I've got a special host with me tonight. And he is running an awesome turkey contest as he has in the past. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Aaron from Worth the Hunt Outdoors. Aaron, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad yourself, Ken. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. So tell me a little bit about this contest because this is the first time that I've got into your contest. But um, I, I know of many others that have gotten into yours before. So why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about that? Well, it, it's kind of started back in like uh, 2018. I kind of started like the work, the Hunt Outdoors kind of like uh, company. It's kind of basically just to uh, um, videotape some of the success I've had in the fields and bring it to like the the new generation coming up uh, into the hunting community. Uh, kind of make them more aware of what's going on. Um, basically, what's like better to do in your time than play video games and stuff like that then rather than spend it out in the outdoors um so that kind of kind of was what i was trying to go with it and then um basically covid hit and i was thinking with well i do a lot of things with my wife at the time um what can we like um kind of stray people's minds from this bad kind of like outlook in life that everyone's kind of taking in or out of this virus and you know i'm I figured, you know what, what's better way to do it and have a friendly competition with this contest. So yeah. I kind of started that last year. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of took off. Like, uh, um, I basically do it just so everyone has a chance at some good prizes. Like last year was a uh, Primo's double um, double bow blind, 360-degree uh, view blind. Um, there's a lot of a lot of prizes that Naughty Beaver calls. Um they uh, donated towards the uh, contest, and I only took about 50 people last year, and I closed it around 51 contestants. But after I closed it, I still had about another 20 people that wanted to enter. So um, this year, I opened it up to 75, and I ended up taking, I think, 76, and still I could have took about, I don't know, probably another 100 contestants. But yeah, it's just it's just like a friendly competition that I don't know maybe young the younger generation can get involved in that some great prizes that can maybe like start them into the hunting community. That's basically what I was going going with it. I like the idea behind it because um, you know as I started this podcast a couple of years ago, I had wanted this to be a hub for people to kind of go to and you know something they can relate to because it's close. Uh, obviously there are, there's a lot of podcasts that are out there that are, you know, from the States and we, we, we kind of all jived off of those, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the most relatable as far as weather goes and, you know, what that certain species is doing at a certain time. So I kind of, I'm kind of getting the same vibe that, you know, this, this Turkey contest, this is a hub. This is a place for people to go and share, um, their hunt, share their success and yeah, I mean, looking at the the prize list, I, I hope that I can 
get into a couple of good birds this year to really <laughs> see what I can't bring home for sure. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I've seen like a lot of guys last year were a lot like the older, like, um, I would say my age, 32 to like 25 to 32 year, years of age. But yep. now I see a lot of younger people have entered this year, like word of mouth. They've been hearing about it and it seems like, um, like the way that I wanted to go with it is actually working. So, which is, which is pretty happy to see. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, we, we had a few things that we wanted to discuss today. So, you know, and there is a, there's a few things regarding your contest. You can use, you know, bow, crossbow, shotgun. What's your preferred method of hunting turkeys? Um, I prefer just the shotgun. I've always grown up hunting turkeys with a shotgun, but, uh, I am going to try this year to, to whack one with my compound bow. Because I do a lot of bow hunting in the fall for deer, so I've killed a few, oh, I've killed quite a few birds with my shotgun. So the first one will probably be with my shotgun, and then the second one's going to be definitely with my compound bow. That's that's why I think my season can play out. Rather than if I do get in some struggles, I probably will grab the shotgun again. But we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the bow is definitely fun and. Uh... You know, I got, I got a couple obligations to make sure that I, I can whack one with a bow for, you know, certain uh, certain companies or people to show for and impress. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, I have I have a lot more fun with the shotgun. Like, that, that's how, how I started out, and I think that is kind of where my heart lays for having fun anyway. Yeah, it's, not, it's nice to hear that boom and then that bird go down, but we'll see how that plays out. I don't know. I, I really like using a shotgun, but... So what's kind of, take me through your, like, your prep uh, with your shotgun, you know, getting that sighted in, ready for turkey season. How, how do you go about it? So I use, um, I run it an A70 uh, Super Express Magnum, which is topped up with a, um, a Trublo scope on it. So um, every season, probably around this time of the year, I, uh, well, I have a, a big family farm that I hunt. So then I, I take out targets and I place them 20, 40, um, even 50, 60 yards out. And then I sit just like I would against a tree. And then I take a few shots at 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60. Um, and then I basically, I'm putting that dot on that base of that neck just so like I found in the past, if I put up the base of the neck, and I'm either jumping that trigger or I'm nervous and I pull that trigger too quick or something that I always find that I, I don't have any problems in missing that turkey. So that's where I aim when I'm practicing. Um, and I'm aiming for my, my whole shot pattern. I want 85 to 90% of it to hit in the middle of that turkey's head. So obviously if it's not hitting him when I'm practicing, I'm making the crucial adjustments with my scope. And, uh, I basically use the long beard, um, X stars from Chester, uh, number six shot, uh, three and a half inches. So I've ever, I've used that ever since they've come out with that. But every year something new comes out, I do grab a box of it just to compare, but nothing ever compares with that long beard XR. I don't know what you shoot, Cam, but I've always had so much success, success with that. I'm actually a big fan of the long beard XR myself. Um, I've had only because I, 
got lucky enough the past couple of years that I haven't had to go through a whole box yet. And I did switch it up for using my bow, but there's still uh, two shots left in there. So that's definitely my go-to once that box is empty. I'll for sure make sure that I have more. Um, yeah. So with, with your, with your patterning, um, do you, cause I know that you, you know, say, say you want to buy a round of federal ammunition and that's what you're going to use because you're just, you're shooting paper all day. When you're sighting that gun and you're, you're making sure that you're using them long beard XRs as opposed to, you know, a different ammunition. Yeah. I'm definitely using the stuff I'm going to be using in the field. So like I do compare, like say if something like Ken Steel comes out with something new, um, I'll compare it, but like, I just can't, the knockdown power and the, like the distance that long beard XR gets, nothing ever compares to it. So that's one thing I can't, I can't really preach that enough is just using what you're going to use in the field. Um, and, and likewise with your, your bow or your crossbow, um, is is using your broadheads. And I, I did mention this on an Instagram story recently, simply just because of how many people can go into the field. And, you know, I, I made a mistake at one point, not that I don't, like federal ammunition, but I was using federal target loads for, you know, an afternoon of, you know, trying to pattern the gun. Well, once I went out, not that it was, you know, a whole heck of a lot different, but it made a difference in, you know, maybe I could have killed that bird a little quicker rather than it flopping around so much because I didn't use the same ammunition. So that's definitely something I really like to preach. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, uh, that more people are doing that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So your, you know, you, you'd talked to me earlier about, um, getting in real tight to roost locations. Uh, that's my certainly preferred method of hunting turkeys is the night before. And I kind of always make a funny post as I'm putting the birds to bed. So <laughs> why don't you give me your interpretation of that? Cause I feel like we're, we're definitely on that same page. So, like the traditional, the traditional way of putting a bird to bed. So it's like you see that textbook picture of like the guys off Primos and the guys off the hunting public um, walking out owl hooting bird gobbles, right? Yeah. And they're like, all right, we're going there in the morning. But I, I always find in like the real life situation, it's, it never goes like that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can owl hoot all you want some nights and nothing's going to gobble. Like yep. I've owl hooted in a place where I know there's common roost sites all the time. I've owl hooted, waited till dark, owl hooted nothing, and a car goes by and a bird gobbles. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of like, likewise what? when you're hunting them too. They seem to react in the same stupid manner. Yeah. I've definitely, like, this time of year, I don't do much listening before, like, say, the season. But, like, soon as, like, around April first comes around the first week of april i do go every every uh morning at can to listen for gobbles but for say for roosting birds i've definitely evolved since then but like i definitely don't use the owl hoot or the coyote howler or crow call anything like that it's definitely more of like the cellular trail cameras right so i do my prep work in before the season knowing the birds are roosting and then about a week or so between say before the season starts I sneak out there midday, hopefully not to bump anything. I stick it close to where those roost sites that I know of and then put those cell cams out in those three preferred spots on the farm 
and then I do my due diligence throughout the season. And then basically the nights that I'm going out before I hunt, I'm checking those cell cams and seeing where those birds have traveled past. Yep. And that's the way I've evolved since the owl hooting, right? Because I don't know. I've never really had so much success with the owl hooting, but I don't know how what, what you can touch on that. But Yeah, I can't say I've uh, actually tried the owl hoot myself. Um because I, I, I wouldn't take it back to the full traditional way of, yeah, in quotes, putting a bird to bed is only in the way that, like, uh, my scouting entails, you know, I'm I'm just getting a visually visual on them as to where they are the night prior. Um, I can pretty well depict which tree that they're going to, and then, you know, I can set up appropriately, given what the weather is going to do the next day, perhaps, and, you know, kind of make my setup as per that. Um, one thing I I've really honed in on over the past little while is adjusting my spread, um, especially right out of the gates. Um, when I'm, when I'm roosting these birds very early on in the season. So, you know, I was super excited to go buy all these decoys years ago and then get out there and just put all these decoys out in the field. Um, well, if you're seeing where these birds are going in and they're going to bed, it's not probably the best idea and it did not work for me throwing out, you know, almost 10 decoys, 10 turkeys when there was only three there. It didn't do me any justice. Um, I kind of just put out two, I put out a Jake and I put out a hen and I let that not be kind of overwhelming is what I kind of got from that. Um, I tried that as that season progressed and I noticed the same thing throughout the, the same setups so i quickly changed that as i got a little bit more you know knowledge and listened to a couple podcasts so since then is is really kind of how i you know i'm glassing that night from from my truck to see where they are watching where they go and then just setting up appropriately given those things weather um certain spread size and where i'm going to set up yeah i i I could say like probably I don't know, probably 80% of the time when I'm hunting, I'm definitely, like, when I am when I sneak in there that close, I usually have a trail raked out to a tree that I know that's within probably 60 yards of where he's roosting. I'm de- and if I'm in the timber, I'm usually not using the decoy. Like, it's basically, I slip in, and then I put in a mouth call, and, like, you're obviously, you've probably been that close, you're hearing him drumming on the limb before he starts gobbling. And then I usually let him fire up, and then once you get fired up, I'll let a few tree yelps out to know that I'm there. And basically, I'm already in his in his bedroom. So, like, if I talk too much, he's going to pinpoint my location, right? Yeah. So then I, I let him know I'm there. And then usually, if I just let him know I'm there, he usually lands right in my lap. Probably, I don't know, the majority of the time. Like, obviously, if there's hens in a tree with them, they do make them fly out elsewhere. But, like, that's how I sneak in and get in their bedroom. Yeah, it's a it, it's a good approach. There's, I, I really think you can adjust how you hunt turkeys as the season goes. Obviously, you know birds are getting educated as the season progresses every year, but um, I don't I don't really ever take the same decoy spread and use that throughout the whole season. I don't use the same calling methods. I don't call as much um, towards the end of the season, so. You know, there's a lot of, you know, things that you can really change up to better your game. And that's, 
you know, that, that just comes with doing a little bit of homework and seeing what's working for people where it also kind of can depend on, do you run a, a, a bait site through the off season? Um, I don't know if that's something you do, but, uh, the, the corn for me is something that I put out, see where sheds are going. Those turkeys are flocking to that like crazy. And I mean, they'll kind of stick around waiting for me to probably throw out some more corn. Do you use bait at all? Well, see me and my wife purchased, um, um, some, uh, or a home on some acreage here. So we got about acres where I live right now. And over the past couple of years, we've noticed some turkeys hanging out in our backyard. So uh, this this year, I finally put out some corn um, just so, like, I have little children too, so they could see, like, basically show them the sport, right? Introduce them, like, hey, look, there's turkeys in our backyard. This yep. is what daddy likes to do and stuff, right? So, yeah, like, basically, I've been, I've been feeding this flock probably. I don't know, all the way up to probably the start of March, and I stopped putting out corn. But um, once the weather got nice here, we had some some palms in the backyard strutting around, so it's definitely worked. Keep air, but we'll see. We'll see. You like it's pretty early still. Their patterns will probably change probably once we get closer to the, the opener. But yeah, I generally don't like to invest too too much time. Uh, unless I just happen to be driving by a field, I'll almost certainly glass them, but I'm not making that extra trip to, you know, my property rounds at least until, I don't know, I'll probably go out once next week, see what's going on, see what the, you know, cause while, while I'm coyote hunting in the early, you know, January, February time, I'm seeing 30, 40 birds on some fields, um, that could definitely change over the next, you know, between then and now. So I'll probably wait for another week or two myself to get in there. Um, talk me through your, your your opening morning kind of setup. I'm usually, I'm up by 3 o'clock. And it's usually my father or one of my friends that are with me. And um, there is probably a one-acre field that I go to every opener. And usually um, I have a chance at shooting a nice gobbler. But it's right off of a big ridge where he, there's usually a bird roosted in this big oak tree that sits level with that one acre field. So basically when he wants to get off the roost, he just flies off basically probably two seconds and he's in the field, right? Yeah. So I do my pre-scouting and everything, all that. I call her, then I'm, uh, I put up one of those cell cams probably like a week before and then like I said, I'm up by three o'clock in the morning. I already have a trail right to the tree where I want to be. And then basically when it, that time of year, I put out a, probably a strutter Jake and I set it probably, I don't know, probably 25 yards from where I'm sitting. And like I mentioned before, I sit down with a mouth call and I wait for him to wake up. And then it's usually within probably, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. I should, we should have one bird down, but like, you know, a lot of turkeys can be frustrating. You could, uh, you definitely throw a wrench in your plans, but oh, yeah, that's I, basically I, how my, my opening morning goes. And if he's not there for some reason, then I start running and gunning. But I've had it where I've been done in 10 minutes and I've had it, you know, where I have been skunked or I haven't got the opportunity in 10 days. So I know that game all too well. You'd mentioned uh, cell cams. What's your take on the cell cams as far as, you know, turkey hunting, deer hunting, any style of hunting? 
Uh, I, I hear a lot of negative stuff about SpyPoint. Yeah. Um, I've ran SpyPoint probably for years. I've never had an issue. Like, I've also had some stuff that, like, um, they quit transmitting photos to my phone, but that's just like a hardware upgrade that you have to do every once in a while. But, like, I think they've changed me as a hunter because, like, I used to put out those cheap self or those cheap trail cams that like you constantly have to check when you go in and out of tree stand or something like that, right? You're constantly going in there and disturbing the area and that like a mature buck is gonna know when you're in and out of there, right? Yep. Um it's definitely changed me as a hunter because there's times where I wake up in the morning and like you you could touch on this too, you don't know what you can do. Like you have a spot that's really good, you got a multiple tree stands and you got multiple tree stands because you have um, all kinds of different um, like wind directions that you want to hunt in and you'll get a, like a, a photo come through and you get this big buck standing in one of your tree stands you're like alright that just gives you some confidence that I need to go sit there right because he's in that general area so that's definitely changed my mindset towards like making my um, I know what tree stand to sit in um Definitely, like I said, like I touched on roosting birds. Like, I never really believed in like the coyote howler and stuff because I never had any success with it. So I definitely told myself I need to change my ways in roosting birds, and that's I've proven success over the last two and a half years. So, so definitely, if if someone were to ask me if if I should buy a cell cam, it definitely would be, um, I would definitely recommend it because it's definitely changed me as a hunter and like, uh, in a better way. I don't know. What's your take on it? Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, as far as a brand goes, I, I liked the idea behind them right out of the gates. I thought spy point kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head. Um, over time, my spy, my first link micro didn't really perform as it should have. Uh, I did do my upgrades for my software, and I think for me at that point, because uh, I, I don't use the spy point anymore, uh, it, it was the customer service that really shied me away from them. It was a, it was a simple problem that uh, I needed a little bit of help with fixing. And it was it was almost like pulling teeth. So uh, I wasn't overly impressed with that and just the issues I was having once I actually received a new camera from them. Um, it just, you know, I, I was like, I've got, I run a lot of the, uh, $60 wild game innovations cameras, as well as a couple higher end models. And those things have worked flawlessly for me for, well, since I started, uh, like eight years ago, I, I bought my first one at 49 bucks from TSC and they've worked great since. So, you know, I, I can really second your thoughts and opinion to, you know, seeing where these bucks go, especially for deer season. I think it's, you know, if you can afford to put a cell camera out there, I mean, they could really help improve your game. Uh, I've actually was going out fishing once last year and had a, a awesome buck that I was like, you know, I was kind of contemplating, should I go hunting today? Should I go fishing today? And I obviously made the wrong mistake because there, there, that big buck was there right when I should have been in the tree stand, but, uh, I was out having fun on the water. So they definitely have a lot of pros to them. Um, I think for me, it's just going to be switching up the brand. 
Uh, I have looked into a few others. Tacticam's got a, a great one out, and I think um, Stealth Cam or the the new Muddy Cam as they're paired together. So I think there's a lot of great options out there, and I personally like them. I mean, uh, I'm not the most tech-savvy guy in the world, but I believe that technology is just going to keep kind of keep progressing and either we can choose to you know get with the times and you know help ourselves improve or we can just kind of you know sit on the back burner and you know some of those old methods those will work no problem it goes back to guys sitting in blue jeans and red plaid in a tree stand sure you can kill deer can you kill the biggest deer i don't know what i mean whatever would help my game you know i'm gonna work my butt off to make sure that i can do that so that, that would I be my take on it. I, I think that's pretty, uh, that, you know, they kind of resemble each other. I definitely say that. Like, I, I feel like nowadays you definitely do have to keep evolving with the times and, like, stuff I, like you can put in your bag and have in your favors. I think that gives you, a, like, a, a better chance to kill a mature deer. Like, even, like, last year I was, I was, like, it can either be a good thing or a bad thing. I was at work and I was contemplating, oh, I better not, I better not go at night because, like, I haven't been home and hunt a lot. <laughs> and I ended up going home and then right at um, probably 8.30 the photos transmit to my phone from the past day and the deer I've been after probably like the, the last two years I have sheds of I used 100, I guessed them at probably 165 inch I was standing right in front of my tree stand at 20 yards at like 20 minutes from dark so it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing where you kick yourself in the butt but I'm really looking forward to this turkey season for sure. It's kind of like that space between December or, or uh, January 1st, rather, and April is just really a kick in the pants when, you know, if you're not getting out there for coyotes at all, it's it seems like you are waiting an eternity to get back after these birds. So um, tell me a little bit about the scoring method to your contest so for people that are listening, they can kind of – you don't understand that but so basically um it's like the weight uh, well, i get a lot of questions every year about the weight of the birds so the weight of the birds has nothing to do with the scoring method like you could have a 20 pound tom or you could have a 17 pound jake with um spurs big enough to win a contest so basically it is if i take that beard um say the beard's 10 inches long, I times that by 5 so I'll give you a 50 point and then uh, so you have an inch spur, you times that by um, 1 point um, I can't remember what the exact calculator is but you take the longest the longest spur you times that by, I believe it's 1.125 and that gives you um, a certain scoreable point there, you add your those two numbers up and that gives you a total score on that bird so if you do shoot a bird with a non-typical uh, basically a non-typical is basically a multi-multi multi, multiple bearded bird so any extra beard it has you get an extra um, five points towards that beard so you can have a 10 inch beard which is your longest beard but you have two extra beards on it so you get 10 extra points yep. added to your total score and then say you shoot it with a, um, a compound bow, that'll be an extra 10 points awarded to you at the end of your total score. So basically you can run your score up high if you shoot a good bird and you shoot it with a bow. So, um, but yeah, and 
if you shoot it with um, a recurve or a traditional size bow, you get an extra 15 points. But anything like a muzzle or a shotgun is basically just zero points. Like it's a common usage of shotgun. So, so basically, I've been using my Facebook page. That's where I lot I get most probably 95% of my entries. But I've been trying to get my Instagram going too. So you can just find me at Worth the Hunt Outdoors on my Facebook or on my Instagram page. It's basically the name the same of Worth the Hunt Outdoors. So if you either send me a message there or link up to me on Facebook, then I can get you signed up for the contest. Well, appreciate you jumping on here, man, and we'll most definitely be in contact throughout the season. And May the best man win, I guess. All right, thanks, Cam. All right, man, thanks for joining. I'm fired up for turkeys. I've already got a wicked little package from signing up for the Worth the Hunt Outdoors contest. So I'm playing around with the Naughty Pine beaver call right now, and it is the mouth call. It is pretty cool. Sounds great. Um, going to annoy the dog and the cat so much with that over the next couple of weeks. Scouting here is going to take off very shortly. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM or Aaron for that matter. You can find us both on Instagram and Facebook. And I just want to take this time to thank my friends over at Killin' Sticks. Killin' Sticks Carbon Arrows, they are awesome. I'm new to them this year and I'm absolutely loving the way that they are flying. Um, I'm going to be continue continuing to shoot them in both my target setup and my hunting setup. And I'm going to have some different arrows for a 3D season as well. So be sure to check out the Killin' Sticks Carbon Arrows page on Instagram or Facebook. And a shout out to my friends at Crimson Talon. Crimson Talon Broadheads, they have some very lethal broadheads that I'm going to be using this year in my hunting season. Both in 100 grains, 125s and 175 grain broadhead so lots of selection between mechanicals and fixed blades be sure to check out their socials pages as well you can visit the website corecut.com so thanks everyone for tuning in we will see you next week i hope you're all very excited for turkey season don't forget you can check out the podcast on apple itunes spotify podbean iHeartRadio, and google podcasts we'll see you guys next week (laughs) 